Today, we're checking out startups and investors that support them in the United Kingdom and a company called Raising Partners that helps them find their first investors. Welcome to another edition of the Angel Nest, where real angel investors and entrepreneurs partner to build great new companies. I'm David Hemingway. I'm a five-time founder and now an active angel investor. And my mission here is to talk about how startups collaborate with investors to help them succeed. We don't make or recommend investments at the Angel Nest, and this program is for informational purposes only. Today, we're going across the pond to the UK, where we'll pay a virtual visit to a company called Raising Partners. They help founders find financing from private investors, and they've raised more than £60 million for over 175 companies. We'll speak to co-founder Helena Murphy and senior investment manager Alex Rowe about how they support startup founders. We'll also talk with one of their clients, Patty Lowe. He's the founder of Zero Petroleum. His company is making fossil-free fuels synthesized by the recycling of water and atmospheric carbon dioxide. Just amazing. They've recently secured a Guinness World Record in partnership with the Royal Air Force. It's for the first flight ever to be powered entirely by synthetic aviation fuel. Helena, Patty, and Alex, thank you so much for joining us today on this international edition of the Angel Nest. Thank, thank you, you David. Us. Helena, Raising Partners was born, as so many great ventures are, out of your own frustration and experience. Uh, you were a young entrepreneur. You're trying to raise money, deal with investors, uh, and also run your business. You've said it was the service you wish you had to help uh, when you started your first company. So tell us about that and what you do now to make such a difference for founders. Yeah, thanks, David. I mean, so I started um, my first company that I raised money for when I was when I was only 22, and I raised my first round of investment from angel investors really easily. I had an e-commerce business that I'd spun out of a kind of fledgling eBay store that I had as a teenager. And I had some initial early success. I raised angel investment so easily with the benefit of hindsight. I didn't think it was particularly easy at the time, but definitely with hindsight, it was by far and away the easiest round of investment I've ever done in my life. And it was only when I needed to raise my second round of investment. And this time I needed about a million pounds and I burnt through my hundred thousand pounds very quickly because I was holding stock. I had an e-commerce business. So there were a lot of costs associated with it. And I was like, why? I need a million pounds. And I just casually went back to my investors as if this was going to be absolutely no problem for them. And of course they were going to reinvest. And I didn't have anything really in place. I needed to conduct that kind of fundraise, you know, I didn't have a financial model. I didn't have a pitch deck. I didn't have really any kind of firm understanding of any of the process. I didn't think about what my investors would be thinking about them thinking around, okay, what's your valuation going to be in this round? And, you know, how much will we get diluted? And how do you justify that valuation? And when's your next round of investment going to be? I had absolutely zero strategy. And because of that whole experience, lo and behold, spoiler, I did not learn raise my million pounds in the eight weeks I'd given myself to do it. And I closed that business and I lost my hair from stress-related alopecia. And, and, and my journey with that business is entirely why we have Raising Partners today, because I really felt there was a gap in the market for someone to take you from, I've got this great business or potentially great business and great idea, and it needs some cash and some financing to hold your hand through that entire process because uh, a, you know, a solicitor or a lawyer can help you with some parts of it. An accountant might be able to help you with some parts of it. Maybe your friends and family can introduce you to some people, but there really didn't feel as though there was anyone in the market that could sit down and be like, okay, right, these are the options for you in the market you, that you're in. And 
this is how the investment strategy might pan out. And you know what, let me help you write your deck because you can't take what's in your head about your business and necessarily always translate it into the most investable opportunity. Patty Lowe, you're an engineer and a computer scientist. You've got an incredible list of accomplishments, including executive director of the Mercedes Formula One team. And now you've started Zero Petroleum. And you probably thought that raising money from a few investors for such a great idea would be easy compared to flying planes without petroleum products. But uh, that didn't really turn out to be the case, did it? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mean, I, I've spent uh, all of my career until 2019 as an employee within, uh, mostly within Formula One teams. So I spent 32 years as an engineer and, and, and ultimately very senior engineer in uh, big teams. Um, and that was a, a fantastic career for an employed engineer. But uh, in 2019, I've made my first venture into entrepreneurship um, and coming with, uh, as you kindly pointed out, some you know great achievements uh, to date. I thought actually raising money wouldn't be so tricky if we had a good idea, uh, and particularly if it was around you know uh, environment, energy transition, um, synthetic fuels is is right in the bullseye of you know what we need to do to to work with the climate crisis. And it was almost like, well, here I am, uh, you know, I'm ready to work. Um, money should be the easiest bit. Um, and what I've discovered um, sort of rather painfully uh, is that, it, it, you know, that that is actually the most difficult part of the business. So relative to the engineering um, itself, raising capital um, is very time consuming and, you know, full of obstacles. Um, and I think we can come on to that, how Helena and Alex have really helped helped us through the early stages of that. We've actually turned the corner there and, you know, the, the work uh, and support from Alex and Helena has been invaluable in, in making that step, uh, you know, getting that first traction, getting the first investors on, on the cap table. Alex, what did it take to get Zero Petroleum from a concept to an investable business? Yeah, I think first of all, um, you know, it's really to prepare a, a set of assets with which to to go to market, both to our investors and, and his network as well. And he came to us really with with a business plan and, and a pretty um, not light, but certainly not comprehensive. Um, you know, and, and and within that, he outlined the problem statement. You know, obviously his background uh, and his co-founder, who you know is the uh, head of chemical engineering at Imperial College London, a very prominent you know leading institution here in the UK. You know, shouted loads about the quality and caliber of, of them as a team. Um, you know, so the first port call really for us was was to produce an investor deck. Um, you know, and, and, and tell the story. Like, so we got very close with Paddy to, you know, what does what does this fundraise get you get the company in terms of the next level? And then we would do it by stage by stage by stage such that the investor could very clearly view exactly the journey they could, they could get they could go on and also be part of you know and really it was just about finding that that first um being patient enough and, and resolute enough to uh find that first commitment and as soon as that in you know we've, one of our network kind of came with a, with a six-figure ticket after you know several calls and kind of due diligence uh, and we were all really able to leverage that um in terms of getting some of the others to commit uh, and of course, meanwhile, Paddy was using uh, the deck um, 
to secure you know a vital grant from the RAF uh, which was for, for 600,000 pounds which which massively reduced the the cash need um, and de-risked the round as well to a certain extent so um, you know there's no question there was, there was greater appetite once with that first domino had fallen there was greater appetite to bring more investors in uh, 12 months later Paddy did a second round uh, which is an excess of two million pound at a 10x uh, increase in valuation uh, and a number of our investors uh, followed on with even larger sums which is which is great validation and we're really pleased that you know we've been continuing to to play a role in supporting the company to go on to do big things. Patty, finding early stage investors is so much about finding people who are interested in solving the problem that you're working on. Uh, was Raising Partners able to introduce you to the right investors? Yeah, absolutely. And and the in the end, uh, this was for our seed round. Um, we uh, we got together three valuable investors for that. Um, two of whom invested at at our second round so that the seed round closed in September 2021. Um, although we'd had the first offer um, from Raising Partners Investor, uh, I think going back to February or March that year. Um, but we'd managed to uh, string, we, we had got a government grant which kept us going a little bit longer. And, uh, and we also got a contract from the Royal Air Force to do some valuable R&D, which led to the flight you mentioned at the beginning. So we've been very fortunate uh, in general as a company and as a startup that uh, whilst we've needed working capital, uh, it's been supplemented, uh, more than supplemented by contracted R&D funding, um, which has allowed us to do uh, most of our work without selling equity. Is it fair to say that Raising Partners helped you get Zero Petroleum off the ground? No, absolutely. Um, we wouldn't have got that first sort of uh, mark on the board uh, without their help. And, um, you know, it, it, we didn't scout for a lot of companies. It came by a you know, great recommendation from um, a crowdfund a company in the UK. Um, but, you know, I, I see what they do and I, I understand where they've raised money for others that, you know, they're, they're one of the better operations in the field. And, you know, it, it's uh, been a great support to us, got us where we are, got us that critical first traction. Um, and, and we hope the rest is history. If we can take it, you know, keep the graph going upwards. But yeah, absolutely. It's thanks to raising partners that we got off the ground. So if you would give us an update on where you are today. Uh, it's a very exciting moment. Um, we have um, just obtained a, a further contract from the Royal Air Force to develop the technology for synthetic fuels. Uh, let's call it properly um, because the RAF said to us that they want to fly a plane. They didn't say they wanted fuel. They said they wanted to fly a plane. Uh, which is a, a terrific challenge and they needed 15 litres of fuel to do that so we had to actually make a plant uh, within a period of three months that would make the fuel uh, at that volume and then make the fuel with it for about six weeks and then fly the plane uh, so that was a demo phase uh, you know we did it quickly we did it uh, to get the job done uh, to prove the point what this forward contract now is giving us is the challenge um, to do 
a, a proper and thorough job of the technical development for commercial readiness. We want to be very, very early players, if not first to market in uh, various fuels. So we can make diesel, we can make gasoline, we can make jet fuel. You know, all, all those who are in the know in the industry would agree that jet fuel is here to stay for the long term. The difference is we just need to make it synthetically rather than uh, dig it out of the ground. Helena, it seems like one of the great things you provide your founders with is the perspective to think of their fundraising and their relationship with investors as more of a long-term process rather than a startup event. I think if people don't love this. I'm not a very popular person when I go, when someone comes to me and says, oh, I want to raise my first round of investment. And I immediately go back to them and say, great, let's talk about your second round of investment. Because whenever we look at fundraising, we look at the entire journey from the first check you get into your business all the way through to exit. Because sometimes as a founder, I think it's really easy to remove yourself from the concept that once you've got investment, you're always on a path to exit and a, a liquidation event for investors and a, hopefully a, a really positive return for investors and for yourself. And if you don't think about investment in that way, it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day of just having a bit of tunnel vision on that first round of investment and thinking, I'll think about that next round. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. And I just want to get this money in and, and get some traction. But it's really important to think strategically about how much money you're raising now and how much traction will you be able to get and being really prepared to, you've got to get that money in and you've really got to put it to work to get to that inflection point for raising your next round of investment. And if you do that, it makes that next round of investment so much easier if you're really clear in round one on exactly how much you need to raise and what you're going to be able to deliver for that amount of money. And even better, if you get to actually execute on that because investors all know that things change but I, I don't think anything compares with actually investing that time into thinking really strategically about what am I going to do with this money? How much traction am I going to be able to deliver? What are a couple of different scenarios if things don't go to plan, if your launch is delayed, if you get less customers because you don't actually know how well people are going to convert and you've got a plan for the next round and you communicate that with investors in the first one because there's nothing worse exactly how I experienced than going back to your investors naively one day and, and hoping they're going to write another check and them turning around and saying, well, no, because you've not done X, Y, and Z and you didn't sign up for that. Um, I think, you know, knowledge is power and especially when it comes to raising money and being, I, I don't think you can ever be over-prepared to raise money, but you can absolutely be under-prepared and there is nothing worse than the feeling of a founder of looking at something with hindsight and thinking, I should have done that extremely differently because the consequences when you've raised money are, and, and you don't raise a next round are catastrophic for everyone involved because it ultimately means you have to close your business. So I think whenever I look at the first round of investment for a company, I'm, we always go to the second round of investment and the third and the fourth all the way out to exit and build a really strong strategy for fundraising over time rather than just focusing on the first round of investment and what impact that's going to make. And that's a different way of looking at it and a bit uncomfortable the first time you do it, but it's it's always worth it. Helena Murphy and Alex Rowe from Raising Partners, you are obviously supporting some incredible innovation. Uh, and Patty Lowe, congratulations again on Zero Petroleum. Thank you all for joining us today on The Angel Nest. Thank you so much, Thank David. You, David. Thank you, David. You can reach Helena Murphy, Alex Rowe, or Patty Lowe on our website, theangelnest.com. And we'd like to hear from you, especially if you know about a great company we should profile. 
please email me at david at theangelnest.com. And now for the disclaimer that we don't make or recommend investments at The Angel Nest, and this program is for informational purposes only. We do not verify and cannot be held responsible for claims made by our guests or sponsors, some of whom may pay a fee to appear. I'm David Hemingway. We produce The Angel Nest in New York with help from David Newhoff. Thanks for listening. And here's hoping my fellow angels and the entrepreneurs they support find their next great venture. So long until next time.